What is going on, everybody? Oh, man. Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Rivals podcast. It has been quite a while since me and my boy Zach Durkin have been on the uh, radio waves here, but we're glad to be back. Um, and we have some news for you guys, actually. Uh, Zach, would you would you like to let everybody know of our current plan for the podcast going forward? First of all, what's up, guys? How we doing? We know it's been a while, but we have an explanation. We're not going to tell you. Actually, I lied. We're going to tell you. Sean's been a little bit down on his luck lately, you know? And don't get me wrong. His life's been pretty good, aside from the Cowboys intentionally getting worse this offseason, the Yankees looking like shit as per usual. The Knicks being a complete dumpster fire at the end of the season, but hey, at least it was a bright spot there with R.J. Barrett. Sean, the world wants to know, what's really going on? Oh, man. I was hoping we were going to have to talk about this. Sorry, man. But we have to do it. The people want to know. I want to know that you're okay. Are you okay to talk about this? I am. I think I'm all right. I think uh, I think it's good to, uh, you know, get your feelings out there. Uh, but... For those of you that are wondering, and for you, Zach, you know, just been uh, kind of going through a bit of a depression, I'd say. A um, lot of things that have been going on in my life kind of been getting me down. But, you know, we are staying positive, And, you know, the only way we're going to move is forward. So, yeah, uh, want to apologize to everybody. Uh, we haven't really been putting out any episodes over the last couple weeks, but... There's exciting news as well, I'd say, Zach, because, you know, in the midst of all this going on, me and Zach came to a conclusion that we think in the best interest of this podcast would be for us to, you know, kind of fall back a little bit on the MLB talk and the basketball talk and, you know, all that other stuff to kind of focus more on the NFL and, you know, all the different facets that come with it, you know? So... That's what we're going to do. I think we are going to start bringing you guys some fantasy news, some betting talk. So, you know, we're excited and we hope you guys will be excited for it because we think uh, we could do a lot with that. Just one thing. Don't blame me if you guys lose any money on my prop bets, okay? Because Lord knows I've probably lost more. But we all have. The deficit on mine is probably (laughs) insane. But I will say, Sean usually hits 9 out of 10 of his prop bets. That's true. So That's why he loses all the time, but he hits the nine, so it's got to exactly. count for something. It's got to count for something. I think I should just stop going with the ridiculous, you know, seven, eight, nine team parlays. Maybe stick to like the four or five ones because I seem pretty good at those. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't been having too much luck lately. But anyway, Zach, there's like been so much going on in the NFL that we haven't talked about over the last couple of weeks. I know we've been putting up some posts on our story about, you know, some of the trades and some of the signings and shit like that, but we haven't talked about it. So I want to ask you this question before we get into, you know, our mock drafts and shit. What has been the most surprising move to you of the offseason so far? Okay. There's plenty to choose from. Uh, I have my answer ready to go, but I'm curious to know what you think. Hmm. It's a bit of a loaded question. This has been a very surprising offseason. I think it's been probably the craziest of my lifetime, like we said before. My biggest surprise is probably going to have to be the amount of top-end wide receivers that are just demanding out 
and going to new places because they want the most money. And I feel some type of way about that. I personally don't like it. I don't think that if you don't want to stay somewhere, you should just unfollow everybody, take all the pictures down off the Instagram, and then be like, oh, I want to leave now. Yeah. All right. I don't think it should work like that. But here's the caveat. That's a fan's perspective. This is from an NFL player's perspective. At the end of the day, the team that you're on does not give a shit about you. You're, you're only there to make them money. Yes. Exactly. You're an asset. You're so an asset. When it comes to you doing you and getting your bag, I support that 100%. But as a fan, it sucks because you really kind of grow a bond with these players over watching them all the years. You see what they do on the field and it makes you feel good. But at the end of the day, it's a job. It's a business. And these guys are just trying to make the best decision for their families without having to get hurt. Like, just for example, Debo Samuel. He doesn't want to be a running back. I get that. The shelf life of a running back is what? Maybe tops eight years? That's high end, I'd say. And that's not all prime years. Maybe five of those five years are prime good years. Ones. I'd say five good ones. So the dude's being used like a Swiss Army knife, getting like what? Like almost 25, 30 touches a game as a receiver and a running back. I understand why he wouldn't want to go ahead and touch the ball that many times. Hey, it, he shortens, to, his, it shortens his career. Exactly. He, said, he even said it's not about the money. He just wants to go out there and play traditional wide receiver, which I think he could do. He's shifty enough. He's powerful enough. He has great hands. So. Hey, he was a 1,200-yard receiver last year, or a 1,400-yard receiver last year. Excuse me. Exactly. And don't get me wrong. A lot of those passes were screenplays. But listen, it works. The guy's a beast. But I get where he's coming from, but I still kind of have my fandom reserved for that. All right. That's fair. Um, you make a couple of really valid points, like you said, about, you know, especially from a... I like to take things from a player's perspective just because I just feel like that's just me. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of these teams, so the Amari Cooper thing definitely pissed me off. But I get it. Like, I understand why teams make these moves and players want to make these moves. Like, I, I understand, like, holding out until you get your contract. I understand, uh, you know, a, play, a team wanting to move on from a high-end re- receiver who they're probably not going to be able to pay anyway. So they figure, fuck it. Let's, you know, capitalize on his value while he's still a high-end receiver. Like, I understand it. I get it. Um, But like you said, it's kind of like that battle between the two. Uh, Personally, for me, if we're going to talk about most surprising moves from this offseason, I'm not even going to mention the Cowboys moves because, you know, we could say that for another day. I got to say, it was Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. Really? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've seen some crazy quarterback shit go on this offseason. I mean, Russell Wilson getting traded from the Seahawks. I mean, that's all we've known him has as far as we're concerned. I mean, he's always been a Seahawk. I mean, now he's rocking the fucking blue and orange in Denver. You know, that's going to be sick. That now, team was already med- ready-made to go to the Super Bowl. That place is going to add like two to three years on his NFL lifespan. You know how far he's going to be able to throw that ball in the Denver air? Oh, yeah. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Yo, shout out to me drafting Jerry Judy last year in Dynasty. Looks like a great pickup now after a subpar year last year. A little foreshadowing into our fantasy content. Yes, yes. Always going to get some good ones here. But um, yeah, man, that Russell Wilson trade was crazy. Tom Brady retiring and then unretiring. What's going to happen with Jimmy G? A lot of quarterback talk this year. Yeah, but you couldn't tell me that Aaron Rodgers was not going to retire or at least not be a Packer during I, this offseason. I, I would have put... Again, back to the betting, I would have put any amount of money down that Aaron Rodgers was not going to be a Packer. And 
you how, fucked around and made me look like an idiot. That would have worked out for you. Yeah, I would have lost everything. Yeah, I so. mean, I thought it was going to be entertaining that he was going to be a Bronco. I really kind of thought that that was the only other place that he would go if he were to go to another team or retire. But um, especially after finding out that Devontae Adams was trying to get a new contract and get out of there. By the way, shout out Christian Kirk for ruining the entire wide receiver market. Ooh, jeez, man. He was the first domino to fall, huh? $74 million for a number two receiver at best. But whatever. Devontae Adams leaving, and apparently Aaron Rodgers knew about it. I don't buy that. I think they kind of pulled that rug from under him. I think so, too. You're going into the season with Adam Lazard and hoping that someone falls in, what, the mid-20 picks? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I think I have the Packers hopefully fixing some of their wide receiver woes with, you know, Devontae making his grand exodus out to Las Vegas to join his buddy Derek Carr, who also got a ridiculous extension, might I add. Um, Again, all things we'll cover in depth as we go on throughout the offseason. But yeah, man. Aaron Rodgers deciding to stay in Green Bay definitely took me by surprise. Just another one of the crazy subplots to this uh, offseason. But, like you said, this offseason has been bananas. And I think in about a week, Zach, at the NFL draft, it's going to get even crazier. Because I think there's going to be some trades to be had. Um, some pl- some big-name players could be on the move. Some high-end draft picks we all love might fall. But... You know, the Heat Arrivals is back this year again to bring you our mock draft challenge. And, uh, Zach, I think we're very ill-prepared for this mock draft challenge coming into this season. I gotta, I, I gotta be frank with you. Sean, I am so fucking ready <laughs> for this NFL draft. And it's not because I'm in any dynasty fantasy leagues or anything. I'm focusing on those drafts as well. But I've never been more locked in to the top seven of an NFL draft in my life. My New York Giants are picking at number five and seven. And hopefully by the end of this mock draft, we hopefully get these two guys on the squad. I hope for my sake that you don't. Uh, Full disclosure, me and Zach have not revealed to each other our mock drafts at all. Uh, So we have no idea who picked which player where. Um, I included a draft day trade in my mock draft. So... I'm sure you guys will all be super pumped for that. I can see Zach's face turning uh, into a slow frown. You see, Sean cheated. He paid for the premium subscription. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't put any trades in mind. But if you want to speculate, we can speculate, all right? But it, um, it was just too tempting not to, Zach. In all of the mocks I was doing, this particular player was falling, okay? And I just, I had to do it. It was too tempting not to. And I thought I felt like I gave up pretty good compensation to get to where I did. So, spoiler I did have the Cowboys trading up in this mock draft. So. Oh, you're such a homer. <laughs> uh, you want to just <clears throat> jump right into it? I guess we'll just go pick for pick. Um, yeah, we can go pick for pick. We'll I start think at, I start uh, off pretty... Uh, I think I start off pretty ballsy, if you ask me. I mean, if you start off this ballsy, then I mean, I guess the Jaguars are starting off ballsy. So, you tell me. Who'd you get for number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're on the clock. All right, man. Well, with the first pick in the 2022 Heated Rivals... Mock draft. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking edge rusher Trevon Walker. Combine superstar. Dude is a fucking animal. Okay. What is he? 6'5", 240. Ran a 4'540 at the combine. Just tested off the charts. Um, I know he didn't have the stats at Georgia. But again, the thinking for me was that this guy was just playing with a bunch of all-Americans. Just on every single snap, okay? 
Um, I think you could put him anywhere on the defensive line, and this guy is just going to eat. Uh, I really do like his motor. Like, I know that was one thing that people are a little worried about, but I think he's a good player. I just think he has this raw, untapped potential that Trent Baalke and the Jacksonville Jaguars definitely don't want to pass up on. Well, I heard that Trent Baalke also thought that he reminded him of Alden Smith a little bit, and we know how disruptive he became early on in the league. But my first-round pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Aiden Hutchinson. He's pretty much the consensus number one overall pick for the Jags. Any kind of mock draft you look at, he's going number one. Dude's an animal. Remind me, reminds me of the Bosa brothers. I think he's just an, a beast. Kind of carried that Michigan defense and really kind of changed the culture and how they're seen as a team now. Um, but I do have Travon Walker going number two All right. for the Lions. That's fair. So our our first two picks are inverted because I have Aiden Hutchinson. You know, like you said, being a culture changer, who's Dan Campbell want? He wants that lunch pail type of guy. Put your hard hat on, go to work and... I think he's going to represent the city of Detroit pretty well. So with the number two overall pick, I do have the Detroit Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, staying in state, which is also a great thing. He you doesn't know. have to go far. Exactly. Uh, I just think it's a match made in heaven for these two. So uh, I guess I'll just move on to my number three pick. A little bit of a surprise here. Well, if you're believing all of the <coughs> negative attention this guy's getting, this is a surprise. But if you're going based off just looking at his tape, this is not a surprise at all. I have Kayvon Thibodeau going number three oh, overall. That hurts my to heart. To the Texans. Yeah, I knew that was going to break your oh. heart. I'm sorry, Zach. <clears throat> you were so close. But honestly, he's not going to fall past the Jets. If he doesn't go top three, I'm sorry. The guy's too good. I don't care what people say about his quote-unquote work ethic. This is all these old white guys who don't like a certain type of guy. Okay, And I think that's what it is with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think this guy's an animal. Uh, and I think he, the Texans got their Jadavion Clowney, who might actually be even better. So I can't fault you for that one. Kayvon Thibodeau is a beast. And like you just heard, I would love for him to be on the New York Giants. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I don't think he falls past the Jets. But with my third pick, the Houston Texans take Ahmad Gardner. They get that lockdown wow. corner. They get the size, the speed, the intuition to play the corner position. I think they get their lockdown guy. That defense needs some help. They're going to roll with Davis Mills in the 2022 season. I think he you know, showed enough that he can be their guy at least for the next season. They put the franchise tag on Laramie Tunsil, so they're set at tackle there for at least the next season. I think they start rebuilding that defense and building a contender down in Houston in a division that is kind of opening up a little bit in my opinion. But for the fourth pick, the New York Jets actually do take Kayvon Thibodeau. Break my heart even more going to the other New York team. I really want this guy, but... I realistically don't think he's falling past the Jets. Yeah, there's no way. The Jets just have too big of a need at edge rusher. Um, I actually don't have the Jets taking an edge rusher here at the spot. I think they're super happy to go up and make this pick, and it's offensive tackle Evan Neal oh, out of Alabama. His last three picks have been yeah, the worst. I'm sorry, Zach. It's, the guy's good, man. I'm sorry. And the, and the Jets, I don't know if they believe in Makai Becton. So I think they go out. They could play this guy at right tackle like immediately if they need to and potentially end up being their left tackle of the future. What so. a fall from grace Mekhi Becton was, huh? Yeah. Crazy. He was regarded as probably one of the best left tackles in the league before he got hurt, and then there was some commitment issues. But we're not here to talk about Mekhi Becton. We're here to talk about future New York Giant at number five, Evan Neal. Uh, all right. Everything you just said is true. The dude's a beast. I think I saw a video of him two years ago. 
doing one of those box jumps, like box jump squats with like 45 pound dumbbells in each hand. Yeah. It was like five feet off the ground, no cap. But dude's an athletic beast on top of being nearly 300 pounds. He's more than 300 pounds, right? Yeah, he's got to be at least like a 310. 310, 320 maybe. But you couldn't tell by looking at him. He's so muscular, he's so strong. He's pretty shredded for a big dude. If the Giants can somehow get him to play right tackle, I think I'd cream. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, do you know how long it's been since I've felt confident in a right tackle or a left tackle duo Well, the Giants? I got to be honest with you. uh, That was ridiculous. But the comps for this guy has been like Tyron Smith. So hey, if you I'll could get your version career. of Tyron Smith, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I'd fucking hate it, but like, good for you. If, if it makes you cream, good for you. Bro, you have no idea. <laughs> like the weight of the world will come off my shoulders as a Giants fan. Someone is finally attempting to fix the unfixable. All right. Well, I'm, I'm there with you in the thinking <laughs> because I had you guys taking Iki Okwanwu. From North Carolina State. I'd be uh, just as happy. Another one of those crazy, like, athletic freaks. And I think he is known as the Pancake King, if I'm not mistaken. He's the best run blocker in the class. Yeah, so I think it's a home run for you at five. Uh, at six, uh, the Carolina Panthers are up, okay? And it's been some speculation. You know, our boy Benny with the good hair came out the other day and said some oh stupid shit. He's an idiot. Committed to Sam Darnold, apparently. Um, then he backtracked on it. Yeah. He so, like, probably shouldn't have said that. Like, yeah, I don't buy that. I think they're looking at quarterback here, and I'm just hard-pressed for them not to go out and get Malik Willis, okay? You know, they don't have to trade up for him, which I think is great, unless there's a team that we don't know about that really wants to get this guy. I don't think there is. I think he falls right into their lap. He's an athletic kid, can fucking sling the rock. He's good using his legs, so I really think they can potentially get their quarterback of the future here at six, and uh, that was my thinking behind that. What do you got? At six, I have the Panthers taking Iki Aquanu, and they're in the market for a tackle. Let me explain this now. Everything you just said is about to make sense for me. Sam Darnold, they picked up his fifth-year option. He's going to be on the team. What is he at, like 20-something mil? It's got to be. I I think the caps are on 21. Why oh. draft a young quarterback to sit behind Sam Darnold? Because you know that's what's going to happen at the beginning of the season, at least through training camp. Because you're paying the big, the big bucks. you got to play him. When you can just draft a tackle this year in Icky, wait for the better quarterback class next year. Let Sam Darnold ultimately take you to a top five pick and then take your choice of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Listen, man, I, I get the thinking. Um... I just personally think that people are going to fall in love with this guy if they haven't already, all right? I mean, the athletic profile is ridiculous, and we've seen his tape. He does, he has some, you know, anticipation issues, which I think you could probably coach him out of. But, you know, with the way the NFL is going on offense now, it's, I don't want to say it's getting easier for quarterbacks to come in and have success, um, but, you know, quarterbacks that can do multiple things in an offense. The NFL's geared towards that nowadays, you know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, Matt Rule could potentially go out and get the quarterback for his offense. I don't just I just don't think Sam Darnold is that guy. And I think why wait till next year when, you know, you don't have to give up any assets this year and just go out and get him. You know what I mean? I think the sell from Matt Rule's standpoint would be a rebuild. He was brought in to rebuild the team and if you can kinda 
set that foundation for quarterback next season, I think he buys himself another year. But another team that may or may not be looking for a quarterback change in next season's draft is my New York Giants. Now, many of you who know me know that this is not how I feel. I think the Giants and Daniel Jones are going to ride off into the sunset. So therefore, no need to trade back and get an extra first. In my draft, I have them taking Jermaine Johnson at 7. Edge rusher from Florida State. Oh, wow, Zach. I, too, have the Giants taking Jermaine Johnson. Very interesting. Uh, Tell me your thought process behind this. All right. I think he's the third best edge rusher in the class. And that's not a knock on anybody else in this class that's after him because this class is loaded with edge rushers. You're going to see a lot of guys go day two that maybe could have gone first round. I'm not as high on Trevon Walker as some. I'm just putting him here because I see the potential. But production is a big deal to me. The dude left Georgia because of how stacked that defensive line was in Jermaine Johnson and went to Florida State and had 12 sacks this season. Very productive. I like the fact that he sets the edge. He plays the run just as well as he plays the pass. And he adds another edge rushing threat to that Giants defense along with Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari who had eight sacks in his rookie season. All right, man. So, you know, another building block towards that defense. And I'm sure Brian Dable is uh, very excited to get, uh, you know, started really molding, you know. Um, obviously, this being his first year, not bad for his uh, first two uh, draft picks. I got to say, I mean, in both of our mocks, he's coming out pretty clean with a, at least an offensive tackle and an edge rusher. So, I th- Yeah, I think offensive tackle is the more pressing need for this for this team. But um, if you can get two impact starters on both sides of the ball to start off your tenure as Giants GM and coach, hey, man, sign me up for it. All right, man. Damn. Well, uh we're going to fly through these picks a little bit here until we uh, get to my pick. But uh, I do have the Atlanta Falcons drafting Garrett Wilson, probably the number one receiver in the draft class. Uh, some comps to Odell. So I think the Falcons get a playmaker that they desperately need because no one knows what the fuck is going on with Calvin Ridley at this point. I mean, we do know what was going on with Calvin Ridley. He was, I guess, quote-unquote, illegally gambling on games. I. Uh, I think it's stupid. I, the NFL wants to make money off gambling, but won't let its players gamble. I mean, I mean, I, I get not gambling get on your games, but like the dude was inactive, and like and you know, he was showing good faith by picking the Falcons to win too. Exactly. Like he, there's no <laughs> way that he could have thought the Falcons were going to genuinely win games without him, at least in the lineup. But was that a pun before when you said flying through these and you picked the Falcons? I'm. I try. You're punny. I try. Anyway, I also have Garrett Wilson at my number eight pick for the Falcons, so ditto. On to the number nine. Cool, cool, cool. All right. At number nine, the Seattle Seahawks take Malik Willis out of Liberty. For all the reasons you said about Carolina picking them, same reasons for Seattle. I don't think they like Drew Locke. I think they just kind of got him because, all right, whatever, we'll take him. But Malik Willis goes in there. He beats out Drew Locke as a week one starter, and I think that Seattle Seahawks team Sort of gets relevant again after not being so for the last couple of years. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad to see that you like Malik Willis because I, I personally think he's going to be good. I know, like we said, there's some talk about him, you know, not even potentially being a first-round draft pick. I think he has all the tools. I think he's, you know, could very well be a decent quarterback in this league. Uh, as for the Seattle Seahawks, I have them taking Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Desperately need some help over there. Russell Wilson, I know he's not there anymore, but any quarterback who's going to want to play for the Seahawks would like to be protected. 
um, i.e. Baker Mayfield, because that's where I think Baker is going to end up. But this is a move that kind of shores up that possibility for him to go there. You know, they get an offensive tackle to, you know, protect the quarterback. I think this guy is probably, you know, those top two guys are all pro potential. This guy is probably just a tick below that, but still a pretty good pick for the Seattle Seahawks. The only reason Charles Cross isn't being as highly touted as the other two is because he didn't go to his biggest school. The dude was the highest graded pass blocker in all of college football last season over what, like 750 or I don't know, just some absurd number of pass protection snaps. All right. Dude was a beast. I wouldn't feel bad if if the Giants drafted him at five or seven. I think he's that good. Just the fact that he went to Mississippi State where the other guys went to NC State and Alabama, I think that's where the real big fall off is. But heading into the number 10 pick, the New York Jets are back on the clock. I have them taking Kyle Hamilton. They haven't forgotten about the Jamal Adams in the top 10. The safety in the top 10, I think this time is going to be different. Kyle Hamilton is an all-pro defensive player, probably the best player in this entire draft, realistically speaking. And if the Jets can get a playmaker like him at number 10, that's a win for me, man. Kyle Hamilton, he's not the fastest guy. I think he had like, what, 4 five, 40 speed? I think like 4 6. But maybe. the dude's like, what, 6 3? He can cover a lot of ground and he's got game speed. So all the intangibles are there the ball hawking, the physicality, everything that you'd want from a safety in this current NFL. He's got it. Yeah, man. I mean, the guy can fucking shift down and play the linebacker role if you need to. Like, I think, like you said, probably one of the more quote-unquote, perfect prospects to come out in a very long time. Um, I have the Jets going a little in a little bit of a different direction and giving Zach Wilson another tool to work with, and they draft uh, wide receiver Drake London from mm, USC. Interesting. Yeah. I think he's got the big body that Zach Wilson needs on his offense. You know, I, they don't really have a receiver like that. They got a lot of, like, slot guys and not really guys that are go out that are going to go out and play the X role consistently. So let me ask you something. All the news about Debo Samuel and how the Jets have been interested in trading for a receiver, do you think that they make a play on him? Maybe. I mean, San Francisco would definitely like to have a pick within the first couple of rounds. I know they don't have one until, I think, what, the late late in the second, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So I think they definitely would like to trade up uh, into the top 10. That would be fantastic. I'm, I'm not sure who they would potentially target. I mean, potentially a receiver there. But... You know, uh, I don't know. I just think the Drake-London match is too perfect for the Jets to pass up, you know. So I think the Jets do pretty well here in the first round, coming out with their offensive tackle to protect uh, Zach Wilson, and he gets a new weapon to throw to. So Jets fans should be pretty elated about that. I'm going to move on to the number 11 pick, where the Washington Commanders are on the clock, and they take uh, potentially the draft's best cornerback in Ahmad Gardner. A.K.A. Sauce. You know, I didn't even realize that he had slid down that far in your draft. I thought you had put him like the top somewhere. No, I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. That's an interesting pick. Yeah, very interesting. You know, um, I don't. I hope it doesn't work out for the Commanders, but I think you know they get a cornerback that they desperately need. Um, My receivers will let you know that we've been roasting Washington football team corners forever. This guy comes in with a pretty good track record in college. I mean, not allowing a touchdown in his entire three-year career. It's pretty impressive. Nothing to scoff at at all, but the Washington Commanders in my world take receiver Chris Olave. Wow. Ohio State. Wow. That's 
Damn. <clears throat> yep. That's ballsy, huh? That's high. They're getting another weapon for uh, Carson Wentz there. Oh, geez. It may seem a little high, but the guy is probably the best route runner in the entire class. Okay, I'll, g- I'll give you that. He's shifty. He's fast. He's got great hands, and I think he adds another element to that offense that they haven't had. I think Curtis Samuel was supposed to be that guy, but injuries and COVID and all that kind of stuff ruined his tenure there. But um, I think they try to bolster up the offense. Their defense is still young. It's still growing. I think it's still regarded as one of the top maybe 15 units in the league when healthy. Remember, Chase Young got hurt last year and missed the entire season. Also true. So they're getting him back, hopefully, you know, at that same level he was at before because, you know, he was a monster in his rookie year. So I don't necessarily see Washington competing all that much this year. So trying to bolster up the offense for a future quarterback when you inevitably move, when you inevitably move on from Carson Wentz is a good idea and a good look into the future. Isn't it funny to have Carson Wentz <coughs> back in the division again? I like him in the division. <laughs> it's like fun it. when Carson Wentz is in the division because you know your team is guaranteed to do well against who, whatever team he's on. Yeah, so. when, when you're guaranteed that your quarterback isn't the worst in your division, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling, for sure. Uh, number 12. Okay. Like Minnesota it. Vikings fans. This is one of my favorite picks that I picked, honestly. Really? I'm not I even th- going to lie. Low-key, I'm not going to lie, this this pairing just felt too perfect. I I think we might be on the same wavelength here. Yeah. Did on, you have on the three. Vikings going Derek Stingley I Jr.? Did. <laughs> I did. They have Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah. Patrick Peterson coming back for another oh. year. The LSU connection. They're very similar in the way they play. Stingley, aside from the foot injury, would have been a top 10 pick in this draft. Oh, he probably would have. He could have potentially went number one overall. He was that good. That good as a 18-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, apparently the foot injury is, you know, healed. He's fully healthy. So I wouldn't be too hard-pressed if he, you know, flies up draft boards by the end of the week. I think he's probably the best corner in the draft aside from the injury. Uh, I think you're right. Um, I was talking to my resident Viking fan friends and... That was the consensus pick there, was Derek Stingley. If he's on the board, that's where we're going. That's a so, great pick if they can grab him there. It, it is a pretty good pick. I'm not even going to lie. Um, now. Oh, boy. Can I just get my pick out of the way so that you can go off <laughs> go on yours? Ahead. Go, ahead. Right. go so ahead. Go ahead. going to be quick and easy. I have Charles Cross going off the board to the Texans here at 13. All right. Well, we talked about him already, so we don't have to get too much into that. Yes, we did. So, I went in a different direction, obviously. Oh boy. You know, Texans team, they need as many picks as possible, right? They're, they're a pretty bad They're team, a little right? devoid of talent, yeah. Yeah, so I think they would love to move down here at this spot. I think, you know, they got their guy in Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, they got their pass rusher of the future, okay? They want to collect as many extra picks as they possibly can. Who do you think comes knocking at the door? Who's ready to make a big splash in this draft, Mr. Durkin? Is it Jerry? It's Jarrah. Jarrah's calling, man. And he said, listen. Stephen Jones is in the back face palming. Yeah, because you know Stephen Jones definitely doesn't want to do this. <clears throat> Jerry said he wanted to go up and make a splash, okay? And this is a splash I think he was thinking about. There's a player, Zach. I know who you're talking about. There's a player, Zach. It just clicked Zach. for me. It just clicked for me. He's been falling in my, in my, uh, on my board here. And I think Jerry calls up. I forget the GM's name of uh, the Houston Texans, and he says... Nick Casario. Nick Casario, there we go. Ex-Patriot um, Patriot guy, there we go. Thank you. He says, You're welcome. I'll pick swap with you. I'll give you my second next year and my fourth this year. And how many spots are you moving up? Ten. 
Uh, 11. All it takes is a second and a fourth to move up 11 spots. And a pick swap, obviously. Obviously. So, okay. I, I think that, that gets the deal done, man. I mean, maybe, I guess. The Giants got an extra first for the Bears moving up nine spots. Eh, different situation. Fair. Different situation. They Fair. Were, they were going up for a quarterback. Fair. But who are they taking at 13 then, Sean? The Dallas Cowboys are taking the best player in this draft, Zach. He Jeez. fell all the way down to 13 in my draft. They're taking Kyle Hamilton. They finally fucking get a safety. Okay? Now, just imagine a defense that has Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, and Kyle Hamilton. And Randy Gray. Oh, wait. Never mind. Fuck off. Okay? Dorrance Armstrong. He'll do just fine. Okay? And I got Kyle Hamilton. You forgot about Trevon Diggs, too. I, I know. I got Trayvon Diggs. But honestly, Zach, I know you might call me a homer, but tell me not. This... This situation right here could definitely play itself out this way. I'm not. I think it's a little rich for most Cowboys fans' taste, and they probably would be a little upset that I'm trading up and giving away assets because we like to make our draft picks. But Jerry said he wanted to make a splash. I kept that same mentality, and I think I made a splash. I get you. That's the splash that you'd want to make. I just don't think it takes a second and a fourth to move up 11 spots. I think it would take a little more. It's just in my honest opinion, and I also don't think that as crazy as and as delusional as Jerry Jones is, I still don't believe that he would trade up to take a safety. But that's just my humble opinion. What do I know, right? All right. Well, cra- crazier things have been done, okay? I mean, the Cleveland Browns drafted Trent Richardson. This is very true, but he was pretty good for a year. They also drafted Johnny Manziel. Even crazier, the Colts traded a first for Trent Richardson. So... Crazier things have been done, but I digress. That was my big splash of the draft, okay? I'm done for now. I think everything uh, from here on out is pretty uh, hunky-dory on the cuff. So I have the Baltimore Ravens at 14 drafting Jordan Davis, another one of these athletic monsters. The guy's, what, 6'7 and 360, 350, and moves like a fucking... You know what he moves like? What does he move like? He moves like a couch on a dolly with wheels. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, that, that would be a nice pick for them. Right? Fucking athletic beast. Another combine freak, as you would say. I think, what, he ran like a 4-6? Yeah, At something that ridiculous. size, like, that's crazy to me. Probably one of the more athletic interior defensive linemen that we've seen come out of the draft. At 14, I have the Ravens taking Andrew Booth. In my opinion, he's probably a, maybe the three or four top corner in, in the in the class coming out of Clemson, plays a very physical game, plays bigger than his size indicates. And I think he gives that Baltimore defense a nice cornerback trio of Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. So I think it's a good situation for him to go into. And I think that that defense becomes even scarier than it is now. All right, word. Well, I got another cornerback coming off the board to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they go cornerback out of Washington and not the good one, uh, Trent McDuffie. Uh, There's another one who I think is much better than he is, but get into that later uh yeah just a very typical philadelphia eagles pick cornerback who's a little lanky you know pretty good in man coverage but we'll see how he sticks in the nfl remember sydney jones yes 
There you go. Injuries, unfortunate. There but you go. So, my number 15 pick to the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know how you feel about this one, is going to be Drake London. Uh, I think when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who can't really hit his targets, the best thing to do is to get a large receiver who has a large catch radius. catch radius. There you go. And there's no one bigger in this draft than Drake London. 6'4". Not the fastest at, like, what, 4'5"? But... His NFL comps have been Mike Evans, and we've seen what he's been able to do over the course of his NFL career over eight years. So I'd sign up for that. I think that's a good pick for the Eagles to bolster that receiving core along with Devontae Smith. Yeah, I guess. Well, since you got wide receivers coming off the board, uh, I have probably the dark horse for the best overall wide receiver, and if not for a pretty devastating ACL injury in the national championship game, Jameson Williams would be a top 10 pick easily. I have him falling down in my mock to 16 to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think whoever's going to end up being the quarterback there, whether it is Jameis Winston, at least for this year, it will be, you know, I think they're probably trying to position themselves to potentially get a quarterback next year. So whoever that's going to be is going to be elated to have this guy very shifty, explosive after the catch. And um, so long as he can get back to that same way he was, you know, prior to his injury. Interestingly enough, I also have the Saints taking Jamison Williams, ah. but not at this pick. Oh, okay. At this pick, I have them taking Trevor Penning. Ah. I have them taking an offensive tackle with all the uncertainty of Terran Armstead. Did he get traded at the end of the day? I believe he did. So they don't have a tackle. They got to keep whoever's playing quarterback for them on their feet. Michael Thomas is coming back. So there's going to be a bona fide number one receiver there. We'll see how he bounces back from his plethora of injuries. Kamara's still there. Sure up the run game. I think that's where they go with this pick. At least with my thinking here for them to take Williams, I just don't know if they trust Michael Thomas. So that's why I figured, you know, he's still on the board. Mickey Loomis is, I believe Mickey Loomis is the GM, correct? I think so. Yeah, so he's just like, you know what, fuck it. Let me take the best player available. At this point on my board, it was Jameson Williams. Um, Funny enough, I have Trevor Penning going 17 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. I think you fucking match up Rashawn Slater on the left and this guy, who's probably the, and I mean this in the nicest way possible in terms of football, the nastiest motherfucker in this draft, in Trevor Penning. If the Los Angeles Chargers weren't scary enough already with all the moves they made this offseason, they're going to be a bona fide Super Bowl favorite coming into the season after they make this pick. Well, that's a nice pick for them. And my pick does the same, but on a different type of level. I have him taking Jordan Davis. Whoa. <laughs> Jordan Davis, the big yeah. boy out of Georgia. The weakness of the San Diego the weakness of the Los Angeles Chargers was that they couldn't stop the run and they couldn't really do anything in the middle of the field. Their linebackers were basically irrelevant. They had no interior defensive linemen that were any good. If you plug a guy like Jordan Davis into this lineup with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, you know, you got Sante Samuel Jr. on the outside. They just fucking signed J.C. Jackson. That's scary. They become a three-level defense, in my opinion, at, at that point. Uh, I think you make a pretty good case for that pick. And if that big man is going to fall all the way down, I think Jude's jumping for joy to go get J.D., huh? Shout out Jude. Yeah, shout out Jude. But I think he'd be happy with either one of these picks. So uh, I think it's a win-win there for the Chargers. Uh, back to the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them taking... The offensive lineman out of Boston College, Zion Johnson. Uh, I think he's ultimately going to end up profiling as a guard during his pro career. I think he played a little bit of center for them too. So, you know, gives them that position flexibility to one day, you know, step in there for Jason Kelsey. 
Uh, I personally wouldn't take a guard this high unless his name was Zach Martin or Quentin Nelson. But, you know, got to provide your young quarterback with as much protection as possible, right? Absolutely. In my eyes, the Philadelphia Eagles go on the other side of the ball and take cornerback Trent McDuffie. <laughs> I like how we had the same thinking here. <laughs> yeah, for all the reasons you explained, lanky cornerback, another guy that they'll probably miss on because fuck the Eagles. But in all honesty, McDuffie's probably the third or fourth best corner. You can kind of flip-flop him with um, Andrew Booth, how to find him there on my sheet. You know, I'm not going to complain. They do need some corner depth, but they still have Darius Slay, who's a top five corner in the league. Played like it last year, at least. So bolstering up that defensive secondary... Can't really complain. Yeah, I guess. Especially after spending the other first on a uh, receiver in Drake London. Those battles will be fun to watch. Sure. They suck anyway. Whatever. Fuck the Eagles. Anyway, uh, number 19, I have the second pick, the second first round pick for the New Orleans Saints. They're going to go and fix their rushing defense and draft Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. I like that. I think he profiles pretty well for that defense. You know, you still got Marcus Davenport rushing the passer. And, you know, I think it just gives them a good building block for the rest of that defense. Yeah, DeMario Davis is still there, and he's a really good player too. So going to be interesting to see how that defense works out. I already said that I had Jameson Williams in this pick, so I'm just going to move on to 20. Cool. Pittsburgh Steelers. And in my 20th slot, the Pittsburgh Steelers go with Tyler Linderbaum. Whoa. I think they bolster up that offensive line. Okay. Give some some, uh, protection to Mitch Trubisky in the middle there. Open up some run lanes for Najee. Get back to the Steeler way of football. I think this is like, if he doesn't go earlier, I think this is where Tyler Linderbaum stays. He's probably one of the few centers that you'd ever draft this high in the same class as like Travis Frederick. I know that's a big name to put up against, but he's been compared to him. So if the Giants decided to trade back in the mid-teens, I would I would want to take him. All right, fair enough. I mean, I do have Linderbaum going in this range, but... For the Steelers, I have them going in a little bit of a different direction. Um, I have them actually drafting some competition for Mitch Trubisky. All right. And I think it's a guy that, you know, has been mocked to the Steelers probably since he declared for the draft. And I personally just fell in love with this pairing. So this is where my brain has been. Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. It just makes too much sense, you know. Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh. And I think he fits that mantra of, you know, tough, another one of these tough lunch pail type guys. And uh, I think it's it's an interesting, he's an interesting quarterback prospect to come in there. How big is his lunch pail? Because he has baby hands too. Yeah, whatever. He's big enough to hold the lunch pail, okay? He's actually got smaller hands than Jared Goff. Oh, well, that doesn't bode well for him. <laughs> the, only quarterback, the only quarterback of recent memory to have success with like sub nine inch hands is Joe Burrow, and for the record, my hands are nine and one eighth. Well, so just letting you guys know, I'm qualified to be an NFL quarterback. I think you should just declare for the draft right now. I might as well, you, but you're pretty much a first round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm gonna ditch this whole radio thing and focus my talents to on field issues. But um, anyway, let's finish this mock draft before I head out there. Kenny Pickett's not a bad pick. I've seen that mock to them a bunch of times. Can definitely see it happening. All right, so for the sake of saving time, we have a couple more picks left, and it's getting kind of late. We're just kind of rally off our ne- my next five picks, and then Sean will rally off his if any discrepancies reside. We'll talk about it then and there, all right? So at 21, I have the New England Patriots taking Kenyon Green, interior offensive lineman, sure up the offensive line, get Matt Jones some help. Great job there. Shout out Texas A&M. Go Aggies. Gig them. 22, Green Bay Packers. 
Finally got Aaron Rodgers that playmaker in Traylon Burks. Uh, all right, Zach. Well, I'm, I'm right there with you because I had that same thinking. So Perfect. Arizona Cardinals, I think they take a chance on David Ojabo. Okay. After tearing the Achilles at his pro day, he's probably going to miss the season. But the upside on this guy is tremendous. Top 15 edge rusher. Probably goes before Jermaine Johnson based off of skill. Him and Aiden Hutchinson really tore it up at Michigan. One could argue if one had a better impact on the other in terms of double teams, but we'll leave it at that. Ojabo's a beast. All right, here we go. Now you got my Cowboys making their original pick here at 24, Zach. At Let me know. Oof, at 24, Let I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Same position. Uh, Daxton Hill. This gentleman also went to Michigan and Daxton Hill. Okay. How do you feel about this? I want your raw <sighs> okay. feedback right now. So, I like Daxton Hill a lot, actually. Okay? But if we're going to keep this pick at 24, I don't like taking him here. Um I don't think he's as good of a prospect as Kyle Hamilton, okay? Because people are going to say, oh, well, Sean, you just traded up for a fucking safety. Uh, you sound like a hypocrite. Kyle Hamilton is more than a safety, okay? Daxon Hill is a very good player. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was a fucking dog, all right? And I would definitely like to have him on my team, just not at 24. If I'm going to stay at 24, odds are I'm probably going to end up having to take one of those guards, and I think I'd feel more comfortable about solidifying the left guard position at that point in the draft. Do you know what I'm saying? That's fair. So Absolutely. I'm not t- I'm, I don't hate the pick. Where would you feel comfortable taking Daxton Hill? If we were to trade back up into the first round, maybe like at 32 or maybe to the top of the second, now, I'm talk- now we're talking. All right, well. So I don't hate that. Okay. I mean, I just kind of took a shot in the dark. After seven, this is all fucking... I'm, taking a shot. I'm throwing a dartboard <laughs> at this point. Feel you. But anyway, let me let me round out my last five with the Buffalo Bills at 25. Iowa State running back, Brees Hall. All right, cool. Interesting. That's You don't you don't think they have faith in Zach Moss and Devin Singletary up there? Actually, I think it's just Devin Singletary now. Absolutely not. They, they've given them chances for three years. I know Devin Singletary had a very, very strong end of the season last year. But Brees Hall just did, brings a different aspect to that offense. He's so much more versatile and he's so much more dynamic of a player than Devin Singletary is. So give me Brees Hall. Let me take that offense to the next level. Give Josh Allen another weapon to work with. All right. Fair enough. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't have a first round running back going at all. That's fair. Uh, towards the end of my mock, uh, as far as 21 is concerned, I have the New England Patriots getting a solid route runner, probably the best route runner in the draft class in Chris Olave. Nice. Another weapon for uh, Mac Jones. Uh, 22, like I said, Traylon Burks, pretty self-explanatory there. Aaron Rodgers in his tenure has never had a first-round wide receiver drafted to him, so I'm sure he's elated for that. That's just absurd. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Arizona Cardinals at 23. They go out and select edge rusher Boye Mafe out of uh, Minnesota. Again, they need all the pass rush help they can get with uh, with Chandler Jones leaving. Uh, 24, Houston Texans trade down. They grab themselves a corner and Andrew Booth Jr. I think they're pretty happy with that. You know, another piece to add to that defense who needs all the playmakers they can get. Mm-hmm. And at 25, I have the Buffalo Bills grabbing Jahan Dotson out of Penn hmm. State. Interesting there. They uh, let Cole Beasley go and they upgrade with Jahan Dotson. They also don't have Emmanuel Sanders either. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's a good fit for him. Good right. route runner. He's basically a Stefan Diggs mini. Kind of. I think, you know, they do have Gabriel Davis there and obviously Stephon Diggs, but I think Davis is more of that move receiver where he's not just going to specifically play the slot. I think you could also play him at the X opposite uh, Stephon Diggs, but I think 
Jahan Dotson is probably the best option at slot receiver in this draft class, if you ask me. Besides, eh, it's it's a tie between him and Chris Olave, I'd say. That's pretty that's pretty close. I'd say that, yeah, too. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and round out my draft from 26 yeah, to 32. Um, Tennessee Titans at 26. Take a linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd. Finally goes off the clock. Um, probably the best linebacker in the draft. Linebacker isn't really a position that's valued, so 26 feels like a good spot for the Tennessee Titans. Which is kind of fucked because did people like not see what an athletic freak of a linebacker can do for a defense? I, I don't know. I mean, I get Micah Parsons is just a freak of nature, but like, come on, guys. Devin Lloyd is not Micah Parsons. Let's, and let's show the linebackers some love. Though. Maybe in this particular case, Devin Lloyd being the best linebacker in the class doesn't necessarily mean he's the best player to go with, but... That's up for debate once the draft happens. Tampa Bay Bucks replace Ali Marpet with Zion Johnson. All right. Give himself the right guard there. Green Bay Packers with their second pick in the first round go edge on George Karlaftis. I think they bolster up defense after losing to Darius Smith. They still have Preston Smith, Jair Alexander, Rashad Gary. So they're loading up the defense. They're doing something for Aaron Rodgers that they haven't done since he got drafted. And he wasn't even the starter. So hats off to them for trying to get him some help. Number 29, Kansas City Chiefs with their first pick in the, in the first round. Go Jahan Dotson. Get rid of Tyreek Hill. Like you said, he's probably one of the best route runners in the draft next to Chris Olave. I think he has that speed to them too. They're looking to get Pat Mahomes into the playmaker. Kansas City Chiefs back-to-back picks. Take Kair El- Elam. I think that's how you pronounce his name, right? Yes. Out of Florida. Cornerback. Can't go wrong with one of those. They're in the market for one. I know that they were talking to the Giants about James Bradbury, but... I think trade talk, I think trade talks fell through there. Um, the NFL runner-ups, Cincinnati Bengals go with Louis Cine. Is that how you say his name? Is it a sign? Cine. 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 Louis Cine. Louis Cine. So like you how get, people like to mispronounce my name. Cine. Oof, yeah. that's rough. Anyway, another safety to pair up with Jesse Bates. Them two in the backfield, ridiculous. That would scare a lot of teams. Um, and for the last pick in the first round, the Detroit Lions, small hands you. Take Kenny Pickett. All right, all right. I mean, him and Jared Goff are going to fight for who has the smallest hands. But uh, to round out my draft, the last six picks here, I have the Tennessee Titans going receiver, okay, and grabbing mm-hmm. Sky Moore out of oh. Western Michigan. Out of left field. Yes, yes. Very out of left field here, okay. Um, I think you just want to surround Ryan Tannehill with as much talent as possible and maybe, hopefully, Try to take some of the load off of Derrick Henry. I know that sounds crazy because the man is the literal definition of a workhorse, but you saw what happened to that offense when he got worn down. You know, oh, yes. You know, I I know you could say, well, just draft another running back that could take some of the load off. Nah, um, no. Go grab yourself another sturdy hands wide receiver. This guy can play out of the slot, super twitchy, and I think he, if if he gets drafted here, I think he ends up being Ryan Tannehill's best friend. Uh, 27, I have the Bucks going and grabbing Tyler Linderbaum. His free fall kind of drops here. Uh, I think Tom Brady is elated to have probably the best center prospect to come out of the draft since Travis Frederick. I have one issue with that. Why? They have Ryan Jensen. Eh, I hear you, but I think you could also kick the kid over to either guard position for the time being. You know, Ryan Jensen always, isn't always going to be there forever, so... Not a terrible pick there, I don't think. Tyler Lindebaum has the potential to be an all-pro guard as well, for those of you who are wondering. So, I see your point there. Yeah, kind of uh, kind of a, a spoils pick there, but I think Jason Light will take it. Uh, 28, I have the Packers going out and 
hopefully trying to solidify the right side of their offensive line and getting the largest human in the draft, Daniel Falele, I believe his name is, the offensive tackle out of Minnesota. Guy's like 6'8", just a mountain of a human being. Uh, I think, you know, you try to protect Aaron Rodgers any way you can for as long as you can, right? Uh, 29, 29 and 30, I should say, with the Kansas City Chiefs going back-to-back. They grab themselves a playmaker and George Pickens, Ooh, another scary. speedy guy out of Georgia, just taking everybody from the Georgia team this year. Uh, and then to back that up, I think they go on defense and grab themselves Daxton Hill. Okay, a guy can come in and replace what Tyron Matthew gave them. Probably could give them a little bit more. And I think uh, Andy Reid and Patty Mahomes are are sitting pretty. Uh, Thirty-one. I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking your boy Kyir Elam. Uh, cornerback from Florida, like we talked about already. And to round out my draft, hmm. I have the Detroit Lions hmm. taking quarterback out of Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter. Ooh, interesting. Some true competition to come in there and compete with Jared Goff. What do you and potentially think? win the, the job. I, I, I like Desmond Ritter, man. He's a winner, man. I think he won, like, what, 42 games in his college career? That's very impressive. That's impressive. Cincinnati, I mean, the, you, one will argue the competition wasn't there as opposed to some of these other guys. I mean, this hey. quarterback class isn't necessarily the best at first glance, but you definitely have some guys who could probably contribute as solid starters. In you the got league. some ballers in this class, man, and I think this class is going to be a little bit more underrated than people give it credit for, I think. I think there's some... Pretty decent players in this class. I but mean, you still got Matt Corral, Sam Howell. There's a bunch of guys that you could probably throw into that three to five range that you could just intertwine. I think Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are the two best quarterbacks in the draft in that order. But three to five, I feel like, is just so jumbled up. That's fair. That's fair. We got wild cards all throughout this draft. And honestly, I know these are just mocks, but would it shock you to see the draft really shake out this way? No, I don't think you can ever be shocked with anything with the draft. You know, I mean, like, it's so unpredictable. Everything's a smokescreen up to this point. No one really knows until they get that call on draft day. It's lying season, baby. That's what the NFL draft is all about. But, um, Zach, I got to say, I'm glad that we're back doing this, bro. Me too. This is therapy, dude. This is this is great. And um, I'm happy that we're, you know, shifting gears a little bit. Going to be focusing, like we said, more on the NFL content. We got fantasy stuff coming out. We got betting stuff coming out. It's going to be a very exciting year for the Heat arrivals in 2022. Our technically our second season, Zach. Technically, you're right. It's our sophomore season. There's yes. going to be no sophomore slump here. But no um, way. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I'm going to go watch draft day for the 13,000th time this week. Sean, it's been a pleasure. Wait, Zach, what the fuck? We we got to close out the episode, bro. Ah, oh, shit. You're right. All right, close this shit out then. <laughs> All right. Well, thank y'all for listening to this episode of the Heat arrivals podcast. Always remember that you could follow us on our Twitter at HeatArrivalsPod15. Give us a follow on Instagram at HeatArrivals15. And you can give us a follow. And you could always give us a follow on our TikTok. Where we're always looking for funny trends to hop on. So if there's any funny shit you guys want to see us do, let us know. Love to give them a try. Uh, but yeah, man, that's going to uh, close it out for today. This was a lot of fun, bro. Yeah, we really knocked the rust off. Yeah. Should have seen the way we started. We didn't oh even know how to God. talk. It was pitiful. But anyway, once again, thank y'all for listening. I'm Sean Robinson. I'm Zach Durkin. And this has been the Heat Arrivals Podcast. Take care, everybody. Peace.